When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. History's podcast where we talk about Star Wars canon versus legends, where we take about those Star Wars topics and we'd say what Disney's done with them and what was done previously with them. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host, Ben of Tamaria. All right. Well, Ben, what are we talking about today? So today we are going to go over one of the factions in Star Wars from the sequel series that we have yet to go over. Um, We didn't go over the Resistance or the First Order. Resistance, honestly, we we could go over, but they're just a newer generation of the Rebel Alliance. There's not really much really to tell. But today we are going to go over their arch enemy. In the sequel trilogy, The First Order. Wait a minute, Ben. Now, I might be a little crazy. Probably. The First Order isn't in Legends material. It is not. It is strictly canon. So today, yeah, we are just going to do a canon episode. But the next couple episodes are going to be a real treat for anybody who loves Star Wars. Just a little tease for everyone. Oh, well, just that's mean. <laughs> no, but I see. It's great. I see now. Mm-hmm. I see what's coming. <laughs> so the next couple episodes, the next topic we're going to do is going to be split into two top or two episodes because there's just that much info. I... But yeah, let's get right into the first order. So, to kick things off, we had the rise and fall of the Empire. So, for roughly a millennia, the Galactic Republic maintained peace and stability within the galaxy, aided by the efforts of the monolithic uh, Jedi Order and the Judicial Forces, with the believe extinction of the Sith, ancient enemies of the Jedi, and the Republic, the ruling Darth uh, or the ruling Dark Lord Darth Sidious secretly plotted to overthrow the Republic with the formation of his own Sith Empire. Now, da, da, da. here's just a question. Because mm-hmm. you've read the Plagueis books. Have you? I have not, actually. Oh. Well, I was always under the assumption that this plan was passed down from Bane, basically, to Sidious. I believe so. I've read up on stuff, and I, I want to say yes on that. Because Bane always had the intentions to overthrow the Republic since he was yes. a Sith. Right. He always had that intentions, and like maybe not the plan, but I would argue, I remember distinctly that Plagueis really kind of sets in motion beginning this plan, and Sidious just executes it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, from since you know Sidious is the apprentice uh, was the apprentice of Plagueis, it would make sense that, and like, doesn't he go? 
become like a chancellor under Plagueis's like apprenticeship? It's unclear. I'd have to be, but I believe Plagueis is alive at some point during the event, like near the start of a Phantom Menace. Okay. Uh, But I'm not sure the timeline there. But there's also a theory that, you know, because Darth Bane is obsessed with immortality. And by the end of the Bane trilogy, it is unclear who's actually in control. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is, you know. There's a theory, you know, Bane is all the Sith, technically. Right, which is... Which is, like, plays into, like, and I'm sure we'll talk about here, especially with the final order or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Palpatine says, I am all of the Sith. Well, the theory is, is that that's not, like, metaphorical. That's like, Palpatine literal. is actually is saying, literally, I am all the Sith. Because it's just been life transference and mm-hmm. taking over bodies over and over again. Right. But um, then with the purge of the Jedi and the massive military um, to enforce his will, Sidious remained a largely unchallenged as emperor throughout the initial 19 years of his reign, embarking a gradual conquest of the galaxy. Eventually, the alliance to restore the Republic was formed to oppose the aggressive expansion and genocidal actions resulting in the outbreak of the Galactic Civil War that spanned five years of galactic history. So, obviously, this is, you know, the original trilogy, 4, 5, and 6, which is all this stuff. You know, all Palpatine really had to do was leave the Outer Rim alone and, like, not kill off entire species. Yeah, just take over and and do, like, just standard, like, colonization, but not with, like, strict military force. Yeah. Yeah. And he would have been fine. He would have never been overthrown. Yep. He never... The rebellion... I mean, you would have had Obi-Wan and Yoda and maybe Bail Organa, like, working, but they would not... They would not be that thing because they would not have been able to bring the separatists, the uh, Confederacy of Independent Systems mm-hmm. into fold by then. Because that's basically what happens is the the CIS basically become the rebellion. Right. The worlds of the Confederacy of Independent System end up funding the rebellion. Mm-hmm. So, four years after the destruction of the first Death Star by Luke Skywalker, the Empire su- suffered a decisive defeat at the Battle of Endor, where the more powerful Death Star II was destroyed, and along with it, the Emperor and his apprentice Darth Vader. And then, unknown to anyone, but to a select few, however, the Emperor had been sending Imperial Scouts and other constructive efforts to the unknown regions of space. Over the course of decades, the unknown regions have been seeded with shipyards, laboratories, and storehouses that were served to prepare for the Emperor's rebirth as part of Sidious's contingency in the rare event of his death. So he already had well things planned out, you know, right. of his death. Which I'm pretty sure that that's what the like the second half plot of Battlefront Two is about. Yeah. Well, kind of. Because there's Operation Cinder, and then there's Operation like Phoenix or Resurrection or something like that. Yeah. And to his plan to ensure the Galactic Empire's destruction, as he believed that the Empire should not out outlive its Emperor. However, he planned the creation of the new empire beyond the borders of known space. Resources and select personnel were discreetly funneled to the unknown regions where the empire shall begin anew. Sidious entrusted the task executing the contingency to his protege, Gallus Rax. Which Gallus Rax is... I can't remember if he was in... Was he in Battlefront 2? No, because no. it was uh, Admiral Versio, I forget his first name, who oh, that's right. like, oversaw Operation Cinder. Gotcha. 
And then following another year of bloody conflict, the Fracture Empire made its uh, last stand on the sandy waste of Jakku, which had become a rallying point for treating Imperials against the New Republic, resulting in many casualties on both sides of the conflict as part of the Battle of Jakku, which is in Battlefront 2. That's the last major battle you take part of. One of the last major battles. And then as part right. of the contingency, uh, Rax's secret objective in the Battle of Jakku is to destroy the planet to cripple both the remnant of the Empire and its and the New Republic. However, he was prevented from carrying out his plan by Grand Admiral Ray Salone, who killed Rax. Yeah. So, according to the wiki, he is mentioned at Battlefront 2. Ah, that's where it is. Okay. But his main appearances are in the aftermath books. Oh, okay. I've yet to read those either. There's so many Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. And then defeated at Jakku and facing se- uh, severe internal unrest, the Empire was forced to sign the Galactic uh, Concordance, uh, severely limiting its ability to wage roar- war and ushering in its demise Imperial Grand Weisler Moss Amenda. And the New Republic Chancellor, Mon Mantha, signed the Galactic Concordance, uh, which called the dissolution of the Galactic Empire. Chancellor Mon Mantha then issued another declaration designating all surviving Imperial officers as war criminals, while the Empire began to break into remnants. I'm sorry, there's only one thing that I can think of right now, and that's uh, the White Gold Concordance. From... Oh, is that... That's... That's what outlaw. That's what outlaws Talos worship. Oh, that's right. That's that's Elder Scrolls there. Elder Scrolls. <laughs> I was like, wait, which, which fandom is this from? I'm trying to yeah, remember. Elder Scrolls. It's basic. If you haven't played Skyrim, it's basically this big event where the Empire outlaws the worship of Talos, one of the nine divines. But it's called the White Gold Concordant or Concordant. I mean, the best. Di- like he's the best divine. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> after the signing of the Galactic Concordance, the New Republic arrived in systems still under imperial control to announce the signing of the historical peace treaties. Uh, however, by the time the Republic reached these systems, fleets had already retreated to the unknown regions. The battle's end at Jakku had marked the sudden departure of the surviving imperial warships into the unknown regions following the announcement of the treaty where they had seamlessly disappeared. So... Yeah, they, they all, like, you know, randomly disappeared at the end of Battle of Jakku. I was like, huh, no one's going to bat an eye. Right. So now we have the early foundations of the First Order. So following the Battle of Jakku, former Imperial officer, nobles, technologists, and warlords uh, fled the Empire into the galaxy's unknown regions in the efforts to escape the prying eyes of the New Republic as part of an exodus. There, they met secret reinforcements and plotted a return to power, beginning to build fleets and armies in secret to, re- to, cre- to reclaim the Imperial legacy. Hmm. So they all did this, like, well out of reach from the Republic. And then, with the tattered remains of the Imperial military eventually fleeing into the galaxy's farthest reaches, the old empire gradually withered away into a remnant, remnant of political hardliners locked in a cold war with the new, new Republic before breaking away into the unknown regions, where they reformed into what became the mysterious First Order, a, milita- a military junta influenced by the principles of the fallen empire sloan and hux became part of the first set of leaders of the first order which existed by 15 aby interesting right and then by that year the scattered imperial remnants in the unknown regions had become to establish a new chain of command over an obscure and skeletal one for Imperial survivors. Amongst those who fell under the new command structure was an Imperial remnant and was ordered to establish ties with the corporate sector authority. Eventually, the scattered holdouts formed into the First Order, which significantly grew from the political, military, spiritual elements of the New Order. Right. And then as... You know what's the... 
Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know what's the best part about all of this? Hmm. Is that during this whole time, Leia is yelling at the New Republic that, like, you all are idiots. You're ignoring this. The First Order is rising. Yeah, she and warned. Have, she yeah. warned the new government. It's like, they're not done. Like, they're not well, going to give up that easily. And everyone thinks oh, that we're she's crazy. Piece. We're fine. <laughs> she's crazy. And then, basically, some First Order, like, agents that are hidden within there release that she's Darth Vader's daughter. And oh, then she loses, that's right. And then she loses all kinds of credibility. Because and she's then, a daughter of the Sith. And then fast forward to the sequels trilogy and the First Order destroys Hanzi and Prime. And, you know, I like to imagine Leia was sad, but I think that a tiny part Told of her, so. like that, <laughs> yeah, that, that part of her that is Anakin Skywalker was 100% that I told you so. I told you. I told you. Right. Yeah, I I can totally see that. So, as such, its origins dated back to the Galactic Empire with the remnants of the Imperial military forming the base of the First Order military. The Sith Eternal was the First Order's secretive spiritual branch. As a Sith cult, they preserved the Sith religion and revert, revere the dark side of the Force from the base of the operations on the planet Exegol. Additionally, the Sith Eternal cultists were... Uh, Dedicated to the restoration of the Empire, secretly working to ensure the First Order's conquest of the galaxy. Yeah. Gotta love cultists. They're in every fandom. Yeah. And then, now we have the Rise of Snoke. The character we all were thought was a big bad, and then turned out to be not. I hated that plot twist so much. Yeah, like... And one day we'll talk about Snoke. I think we should do an episode one day addressing, like, the different theories mm-hmm. around, like, who Snoke was and how the Rise of Sky... Or how The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker would go. And we'll we rank them as, like, would this be a better movie? Right. <laughs> Ooh, that would be fun. <clears throat> Hatred chat. No, anyway. Um, Hatred chat. <laughs> but so, no, I'm... I'm I'm there with you. Like, I really was hoping for like this hidden, unknown villain right. that had been watching. And then the he thing. gets f- not even two minutes of screen time and gets uh, gone on the chopping block already. And I was like, "What?" And we only see like a minuscule of force power from him because yeah. he like. He obviously like levitates Ray and all of that kind of stuff going mm. on there. And then we see him basically throw like a temper tantrum and like stop and like have a brief thing of force lightning. Yep. Yep. It, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, just as the many of the Empire servants carried the old empire's greatest military secrets to the unknown regions so did the creature known as snoke who rose to become the supreme leader of the first order had it not been for the ancient hyperspace trails blazed through the unknown regions by snoke's ascendant uh, attendants most of the formal imperial officers would have likely perished crossing into the uncharted realm which makes sense because the unknown regions hence they're called the unknown regions they're not charted so it's really hard to navigate Hmm. Uh, Snoke was a mysterious humanoid with a uh, very scant details as regarding his origin, strong with the dark side of the Force. Despite his abilities not being specifically Sith in origin, Snoke's powerful abilities as a Force user and knowledge made him the uh, undisputed heir to the as the leader of the forces gathered under the Contingency. And then Snoke was, in fact, one of the many artificial standcasts created by the Emperor and his cult following the Sith Internal prior to his demise that discarded as a potential vessel for the Sith Lord's Dark Essence. Instead, Snoke was made as a to serve as a proxy ruler uh, for his creator and influenced by the zombified Sith Lord from afar to gather the forces that would go to make the armies of the First Order and spread the influence across the galaxy through less direct means. So, you know. In, in other words, somehow Palpatine returned. 
Yes. <clears throat> Pothole. Um, <laughs> the Emperor's resurrection, the existence of his followers, the Sith Eternal, and their hidden base of Operation Exegol were all secret unknown to even the highest echelons of the First Order. Much of the First Order was unaware of the contingency itself, nor the ultimate purpose in it. Uh, for as the First Order served as a military wing, the Sith Eternal lay as its spiritual heart. And the true leadership of the First Order operated from behind the veil of secrecy, driven by the tenants of the dark side of the Force and the ancient ways of the Sith. From afar, the Phantom Emperor, working from the shadows, forged the remnants of the Empire into the First Order as he plotted his return to power. Yeah, like, it's still, like, it, nobody, like, they never really specified on how the Emperor is, like, still alive. Supposedly he, like... No. It's a clone body. Yeah, it's a clone body. From what we understand, like, from what I can gather, is that with his demise, he already had all, like, had a clone body prepared for his spirit to travel to. Well, that's Legends canon. That's Legends. That's true. That is Legends. But I'm assuming they might have done something similar with this. So we've gotten several hints in actual canon about what's going on and people thinking what's happening. One is in Mando, season mm-hmm. two, season one. One of the ones. Wherever they oh, go. Oh, with back Moff to Gideon, the... right? Or no? Well, Moff Gideon, but when they go to the facility that's on Navara, I think. I think it's season two. That is season two. Yeah. So we've got that kind of thing and then that is the planet that uh not Lama Sue but the the lady in Bad Batch the Kaminoan oh um Nalase mm-hmm. Nalase goes to the the same planet at the end of Bad Batch season 1 mhm so and then there's all the stuff about the doctor guy who has he has Kaminoan like insignia on him so there, there's a lot of people who think like they tried to use Baby Yoda to like, or Grogu to create somebody. There's a lot of theories about somehow Omega is like, even though she is like pure Jango, like she has some DNA from Jedi because they're trying to clone Jedi. But which in current canon has not been done. No. Wait. No. Yes. No. In current no. canon, it has not been done. Yeah. No. It has not in canon. No. In Legends, they clone Jedi all the time. Palpatine is cloned. Yeah. There was a clone of Luke called uh, Luluke. Luke. I forgot about that. Luke. Yeah, Star Luke Killer. Use Star yep. Killer. Uh, the clone X- troopers. Yep. X one and X two. Yep. Um, I think that's it. That's those are the major ones. Mm-hmm. But uh, Snoke's choices when governing the faction only added to the mysterious nature. The dark side adept made no design towards the old title emperor, relied on the mystics, my, mysticism and focusing on the spiritual matters while allowing the generals will the First Order's military in its name and was unwilling to meet in person with his subordinates, instead relying on large casting presence holograms to communicate with with and to administer orders to the underlings who served him, which we do see that in uh, Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And that's where we first see Snoke and like, oh no, he's the next big bad and we don't know anything about him. He's super mysterious. And then, you know, he dies in the next film. Uh, at, and then as the son of the founding member of the First Order, uh, Armitage uh, was raised in the organization's military wing, which Captain Phasma... Uh, joined after leaving her homeworld of Parnaris uh, with Brendel. Following the destruction of the Jedi Temple, former Padawan Ben Solo joined the First Order under the persona of Kylo Ren. He became the master of the Knights of Ren as well as the apprentice of Supreme Leader Snoke. So this is an important distinction because Darth Vader, technically... If we want to get technical about it, Darth Vader's apprentice to Palpatine and he holds a lot of power, but technically Anakin Skywalker holds the rank of general 
in the Grand Army of the Republic. Yes. Which then becomes the Imperial Army. So, yes. technically, Darth Vader is a general. He holds military rank and power. That's true. Though they wouldn't that. say that, but he is technically a general. Kylo Ren, until he becomes Supreme Leader, has no authority nope. in the First Order, in people... their actual structure. <laughs> no, people are just terrified of him because he can use the Force. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a, literally it. Right, like... He know at least like with Darth Vader, you can make the argument, okay, like he holds like technically holds a distinguished military career. And I'm sure somewhere in the Empire records, he has the commission of general in the Republic or in the Imperial Army. I'd imagine so. I know Tarkin for sure like understood that because Tarkin secretly knew who Vader was. Right. Tarkin, both Tarkin and Thrawn have been reported to have deduced to Vader, Vader's true identity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thrawn, because he's super smart. Um, Tarkin knew Anakin. Yes. Well, so did Thrawn. Did Thrawn know him before he turned? In his, in the, in the canon Thrawn trilogy. Which oh, takes okay. place before the Empire. They work together on Batuu. Oh, okay. That I did not know. Mm-hmm. So, Ren, Armitage, and Phasma represent a new generation of leaders that supplemented the old guard of the First Order's command structure. As part of the turnover, Armitage and Phasma conspired to assassinate Brendal. Armitage had been abused by his father in his youth, while Phasma sought to erase her past. Uh, Armitage uh, left the actual murder up to Phasma with his... Only instruction being to make it untraceable, Phasma carried out the killing of Brendal using the toxin from the bite of a Pantasaurus beetle. Armridge then gave a brief address to Captain uh, Cardinal and the Stormtroopers' Court, informing them of uh, Brendal's passing and ascendance to his leadership role in the military, taking over his from his late father. Father. So that that I mean, just like in the Empire, there's always going to be these. Um, People sorting for power and trying to kill even your own family. Right. It's lovely. <laughs> and then at some point, a cargo ship was ambushed containing military gear from the ship's crew, claimed to mint for the First Order. Among the possessions seized was a set of stormtrooper armor, which was later presented to uh, T-Rex, a former Imperial stormtrooper and at the time a crime lord of the Rant Gang. And then... Terex immediately became curious about the modern design and confirmed that it was not of imperial design. After Terex asked of its origin, he continued to think about the implications of his new information. Sometime later, he subsequently joined the ranks of the First Order Security Bureau. Hmm. And then, meanwhile, the First Order had to contend with the several threats that lurked within the Unknown Regions. Hermatic kingdoms, which were confronted by the Order, on Supreme Leader Snoke's instruction, the new military undertook a major offensive against several of these kingdoms to save their worlds and resources to fuel their rise. Phasma herself fled uh, from the front of the First Order, charted through the wilderness of the Unknown Regions. So, apparently the First Order, like, explored quite a bit of the Unknown Regions. And took over worlds because that's what they do. Right, of course. But uh, yeah. I would say this is a good time to take our mid break. I think you are correct. <laughs> Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all things going on with the podcast. And it is now that we thank our patrons. Thank you so much for all of your support. And Ben, I think we got our new patron since our last episode. Um, I think it might be one of our normal patrons that just re-signed up. Oh. Let me double check.
You are correct. I am correct. Yes. Yes. I see that. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for your support. Continued support, patrons. We greatly appreciate all of the support you give us. If you would like to sign up for Patreon, uh, you can follow that link to patreon.com slash Holocron Histories and sign up at various tiers um, just to get some ad-free ad versions of the show to all the way up to um, coming up on the show with us for lots of fun. Every month we do our patron chat, our pa next patron chat's in about two weeks. So if you want to join mm -hmm. that with us, there is still time to sign up. You can sign up the day of the chat and we will let you come on that patron chat. Yes. Uh, so that's great. Also, a great way to support us is to leave us ratings and reviews on Apple and Spotify. If you leave us a rating with words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. A rating with five stars and some words. We will read it out. We will not read out every rating. Just those with five stars. Yeah, it, it limits it down. <laughs> yes. Um, I do not believe we have a new one. Uh, we do not this week. Yes. So I think that's all I got us today go cool. well let's get back more into the first order mm -hmm. all right now that we're back we are now going into the cold war so this is the time you know between 15 bby all the way up to um force awakens so the First Order emerges. So the First Order sought to, to restore, to weaken the re New Republic to generate funding to build up the new Navy. The First Order had used a militia group called the Amanzaxon Warriors as proxies to fund the Nikto Crime Lord Rivian Dies Cartel to achieve this. A lot of fancy words in the Star Wars universe. Mm. And then seven years prior to the Napkin bombing, quote-unquote, <laughs> uh, at the New Republic's centenarial uh, complex on Horacian Prime, the First Order used the Ammonaxons to inject billions of credits to start up capital into the Ravine's cartel, turning the Hithero Minor Cartel into a major crime syndicate, establishing a mutual relationship with the Ammonaxons, Rivian... Uh, embarked on a, an bleh, lucrative smuggling and gambling operations with the proceeds that being channeled through shadowy corporations and centrist sources backed by the First Order, which used money to rebuild its fleets. So they, they've been very sneaky using, you know, crimes and the gets to fund ships. Ships aren't cheap. Mm. Not their ships. Well, way anyway. to go. Uh, the First Order's operations were almost exposed when uh, Rivian dies. Uh, car uh, criminal activities began to extract a devastating toll on the planet. Ryloth's off-world trade. In response, the New Republic senators Laragana and Ransom Castroflo uh, embarked on an investigation which uncovered Rivian's links to the Amaxian warriors. However, the two senators failed to discover the Order's linkage to the Amzaxians and the Rivian's cartel in an attempt to sow chaos. Arliz Hardrassian bombed the New Republic's senatorial complex. This set in motion a chain of events that led to the death of the of Rivian and the destruction of the most of the Amzaxians' forces on the planet of Sipakent. God, Sibensko? Sibensko? Something like that? Planets and words. Planets and words. Uh, and then after the assassination of Tylen Gar, Lady Cross and the centrist counterparts began preparing the motion to succeed from the New Republic to join the support of the First Order, acting as a political correlation of worlds advocating centralized authority. The centralists formally withdrew from the New Republic and joined the First Order in 29 ABY, marking the official formation of the First Order as a regime and beginning of the Cold War between the First Order and New Republic. 
So great. They, uh, you know, started getting other worlds involved again because the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta so love they're just that. the Empire. They're yeah. literally just the Empire. Yep. It's, it's just the Empire 2.0. That's all it is. They suck. Yes. So for pre- preparations for war, it's hard to talk today. Uh, the centrist worlds uh, that succeed for, uh, seceded from the New Republic provided the First Order with a foothold in the known galaxy by which its military forces emerged from the unknown regions, uh, precipitating to the return of fascism and militarism. In defiance of the galactic concordance, First Order forces frequently crossed the trans-Hydranian borderlands, launching several incursions into both the Republic space and other sectors. And the term Cold War, quote-unquote, was used because there was no direct large-scale fighting, but instead occasional minor skirmishes. Despite mounting First Order aggression, the New Republic refused to take forceful military action against the Order, seeking to avoid proximity provoking another devastating galactic war at all costs. Which is kind of dumb, because it it blows up anyway. Right. But it's the same thing, like, so if we go back to, like, a Legends canon, like, hybrid, which is KOTOR, mm-hmm. it's the same thing that's happening at the Mandalorian Wars. Because, yep. like, because the First Order is not directly attacking New Republic grounds the new republic is like oh well we can just wait it out which is exactly what the jedi council does during the mandalorian wars mm-hmm. and then it doesn't end well <laughs> we're no, doing that it does not it breaks out to all war lovely and then uh during this time the resistance an offshoot of the new republic defense force was founded by general leia organa who realized that the senate could not protect the new republic alongside her remaining allies like uh galal akbar so general akbar uh c-3po jof c striker and termin wexley the resistance acted as a check on the military design of the first order and the New Republic Senate believed that the First Order posed no real thre- uh, posed no real credible threat to the galaxy at large, and a hard-won galactic peace. Echoing these sta- uh, s- sentiments, Chancellor Laverne Villacham uh, argued there was no need to concern as long as the Order adhered to the uh, dictates of the Galactic Concordance, which hmm. is terrible because you know we know that's not the case. And with the First right. Order's growing threat and rapid, rapid mobilization for war, prominent members of the uh, Republic voiced concern over the Imperial successor state and the most vocal being former Senator Leia Organa. As uh, Austin has said earlier, uh, scoffed at by the Senate at large for being an alarmist and warmonger. Organa used her influence as a prominent member of the former Rebel Alliance to recruit many former military officers who had left Forgotten Military Disarmament Act plassed by the Galactic Senate. So yeah, they scoffed at her like, yeah, no, you're just a warmonger and um, alarmist. Like, no, we're not going to believe you. Right. As Austin said earlier. Like, they straight up like, no, you just like war. Shut up. Which is, you know, not the case. It's so insulting. Like, you yeah. know her home planet was destroyed by the Empire. Like, you think right. she just likes war? Right. Exactly. And then meanwhile, the Republic Senate had became mired in corruption and bureaucracy, amplified by the political gridlock caused by the divide between the uh, populace and the centralists. Some senators like Edo... Roe Kentor concluded with the First Order to premise of wealth and power with the large sums of credits being uh, discreetly transferred to him through the corporate sector authority. So, lo and behold, the New Republic has corruption in it. Whoa, no way. Just like the original Republic. What? No way. And the First Order began in October occupation of the Colossus refueling station on the planet of Castellon 
uh, as part of the preparations for the planned war opposed against the rest of the galaxy, the First Order occupy the Colossus under the guise of peacekeepers in wake of several pirate raids on the platform, which the Order itself had secretly manufactured as a pretext of intervention so the Colossus could be used as a staging ground. Go figure. Go in the first, figure. right? <laughs> if we can't get anything ourselves, we'll make it happen by making pre-strategized attacks from our own people. And the first order's presence was welcomed by some civilians on the Colossus, but others opposed the order's measures, leading to a riot among the alien population. In response, the first order targeted targeted residents who opposed the defile of the control and placed under their arrest to sent off-world under the pretext of an entrance of security. And lo and behold, the First Order doesn't like aliens. Huh. Huh. It's, it's not like, an, you know, an alarm because the Galactic Empire did the same exact thing. Well, so did the Galactic Republic. Fair point. <laughs> well, it's all because it's all every, every single thing we've had has been under Palpatine's reign and control. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I guess you could argue the High Republic is a little nicer. They're nice. I would say they're a bit nicer, yeah. Um, especially with their We're All Republic. Oh, yeah. Thing that just gets repeated over and over again. Yeah. We're all the Republic. You hear that. If you read Light of the Jedi or any of the High Republic books, you will hear that at least a dozen times. I'm Minimum. only like 10 chapters in and I've probably heard it like uh, 50 times. Yeah. It's it's a it's a highly reused phrase. <laughs> so now we get to the search of the last Jedi. Hmm, I wonder who that is. <gasps> <gasps> right? No it's way. It's Ray. It's Ray, right? I'm going to move do, on do from we, that. <laughs> do, do we even? No, no, there isn't. You know, whatever. So in response to the resistance operation, uh, Saber Strike, Captain Phasma dispatched Agent Thorax uh, to recover information that Poe Dameron attained from Senator Erodo. Uh, Thorax First Order Strike uh, <clears throat> Strike Force pursued Dameron and his Black Squadron to the planet of Orvanus. Uh, Terex mm-hmm. later attained intelligence that the Black Squadron were traveling to the Megalox prison on the high-gravity world of Megalox Beta. Dameron traveled to the prison and to question the Hut crime lord, Graxus Jahabaki Tengi, from his knowledge of Santeca's whereabouts. I think I did pretty and, good with Hatties. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to know Santaka Tekas, that's the old man at the beginning of yes. The Force Awakens. And then increased at uh, Grantex Double Cross, Therax hired the crime lord Ison, KB, and Thorin to use their gangs to storm uh, Grax Fortress to kill the Black Squadron. He planned to interrogate Graxus and kill him. Graxus' plan was, however, foiled by Black Squadron's astromech droids, including BB-8, who deactivated Megalox's gravity shield. Oh, great. <laughs> More droids doing war crimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I love that. And then later, the Galaxy Beacon journalist and, and former New Republic's uh, uh, yeah. new, and former New Galactic Starfleet member Suralinda Javos discovered that the First Order was building military installations, shipyards, weapon research facilities, and something bigger, quote-unquote, in violation of the Galactic Concordance. Lo and behold, it was probably Stark their base. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of returning to the First Order space, Starex traveled to the crime lord of... Kadak, uh, there he retook control of the ranking, which he had helped create after the Battle of Jakku. Against Captain Plasma's orders, Thrax uh, decided to use the ranking to destroy Poe and the Resistance. And then seeking to locate the fragment of the map that led to Jedi Master Luke Skywalker, who has gone in self-imposed exile following his failed resurrection of the Jedi Order, 
for which he blamed himself, Supreme Leader Snoke believed that Skywalker uh, were to ever return, the new Jedi would rise, which would threaten the new First Order's rise of power. Which it does. And then the villages, villagers of Thrunal fought back when they were defeated. The survivors uh, were then herded into a large group while Santeca was brought to Ren himself, who demanded turnover information on the map of the First Order. Santeca claimed that Ren could not deny the truth, that he was his own family, causing Ren to slay the old man with his lightsaber. Mm. Which we is literally the beginning of, you know, uh, Force Awakens. And then FN2187 and Dameron escaped the finalizer aboard a stolen TIE SF Space Superior Fighter, though not for... V- Ren tortured Dameron and discovered the map fragment to be in a BB-8 unit back on Jakku. During the escape, Dameron dubbed the renegade stormtrooper Finn. And then, on the First Order secret Starkiller base, General Hux informed General Supreme Leader Snoke that their superweapon was ready to propose using it on the New Republic in order to draw out the resistance. Supreme Leader Snoke authorized the operation and dismissed Hux before he conferred that with Kylo Ren that whom he discussed an apparent awakening in the force. Yeah. Which is literally the events in Force Awakens and then everything afterwards in the sequel trilogies of the First Order. Right. So when they're finally defeated yes. after Palpatine somehow returns. Yep. And then drastically dies. By you know, his you know, own heir, technically. You know, we don't really talk about our opinions a lot on the podcast but i just want to say like i don't hate the sequel trilogy it's not my favorite thing i don't really want to watch it but it's not terrible i think it doesn't make sense as a trilogy in a lot of ways it's enjoyable to watch you just have to turn your brain off Right. Like, um, I like when I watch Sky- Rise of Skywalker, I'm not going to lie, and I, I'm sorry if this makes people mad. I notice every little plot hole that happened in that film, and I was like, that's not supposed to happen. Why is that there? Why is she? Why did you find an ancient dagger that's thousands of years old and somehow points to the Death Star on a completely different planet? Right. That literally uh. exploded 30 years prior. That makes what? I'm, I'm sorry like eh. <laughs> I'm going to be quite honest so I saw The Rise of Skywalker twice that's in impressive theater, in theaters because <laughs> I saw it once on opening day I went to the midnight release and then I saw it again on with my parents who wanted to go see it I fell asleep the second time I watched it which I'm I mean I've fallen asleep watching a Star Wars movie before just because I Keep but in a theater. Not, never in a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to say, would it not have been more interesting? Would it not have been more kind of subversive to the Star Wars narrative if instead of getting into a place where the galaxy is exactly where we left it in A New Hope, like is exactly as it is in A New Hope, that would it not have been better to let us see a new Republic and the Jedi order is being subverted by this weird group that they can't pin these members of the Republic who are opposing the Jedi order. And then we come to realize that it is then Palpatine that is manipulating all of these from the shadows. Would that not have been, that would have been cooler. (laughs) I mean, and not to hate Lucasfilm, not to hate anything. They could have done things a lot differently. I think the main reason why the f- sequel trilogy didn't do as well is mainly because they had m- different writing teams for each film and a different director for each film as well, originally. <laughs> and, and you can go back because all the original trilogy films had different directors. Correct. But I think, uh, but you had one George man Lucas, overseeing the entire story, though. Right. That so was, it was the main George thing. Lucas's world. It was that things were not happening without his approval. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, Kathleen Kennedy does have a good, like, 
track record of like her accomplishments and she was apprentice under Spielberg and everything. But I think in a lot of ways she view she just let she has said herself that she doesn't know a lot about Star Wars, that she hasn't experienced Star Wars. She has gone on interviews and said that. So I think she just lets whoever is on the team do what they want. And then she just checks it for like, okay, does this match with the vision, like the image that we want to put out as Lucasfilms? Does this mm-hmm. check these boxes? Whereas Lucas would probably more look like, well, one, can I sell toys? And can I, does this work with the world? And if no one knew, he got majority of his uh, profits from toy sales. Yes. The movies didn't actually make that much money. Mm-hmm. It's all from toys. Yes. But I think it would have been, I would have liked to see that. Just, I would have liked to see Luke's Academy. I would have liked to see, because, and one of the things that is so appealing to Legends for me is that Luke does try to do things differently than the Jedi Mm -hmm. Order previous to him. Because if you go into Legends, Luke, compared to what is in, like, Last Jedi, where he... He exiles himself because of his failures, and he becomes a hermit. That's not Luke Skywalker to me. And I, I know Mark Hamill. He's even came out and said like, "That's not what I would see my character myself as." Like, I would mm-hmm. try hard. Uh, in Legends, he does, and he succeeds for a good, pretty good while. He even changes the code, the Jedi code, a bit because mm-hmm. he even marries a former Sith. And right. has a kid. And that's and that's the thing. And the whole thing of his scene with Grogu where he's like talking about, you know, making Grogu choose between his attachments and the force. Like to me, that's just saying, okay, so we're not having a character who has looked at the past and his own experience and learned. He's just like, going he hasn't, back to tradition. Right. He hasn't learned the lesson of the failure of the Jedi, but he somehow gets to that point in The Last Jedi where mm-hmm. he's like, the failure of the Jedi was arrogance. Well, I would say, yes, it is arrogance, but the other failure of the Jedi is they don't understand life. They don't, right. they are so committed to their dogma that they don't see the, their flaws in that, which I guess is arrogance. But I just think it would have been a more compelling story and a more relevant story to our actual world that we live in if we saw something that was supposed to be good and on the outside might look good. Mm -hmm. But there is this kind of seeping in of corruption and manipulation and people trying to move it to their own benefit. Right. Yeah. But... Unfortunately, we didn't get any of that stuff, but who knows no. what the future of Star Wars will hold. I know they're filling in a majority of the gaps now, which is nice, which I'm okay with. Um, but, I mean, it's very interesting to me, and I'll be very interested going forward, because we are not getting very much, if at all, post-Skywalker, or post-Rise hmm. of Skywalker content, or even, like post empire content like mando is yes is like mando and boba have been post empire mm-hmm. and ahsoka content. will be too ahsoka will be but like it's still that in between time to where mm-hmm. the empire is not really gone and the first order yep. hasn't come about yet and then going forward i mean if as we were discussing in the episode with light of the jedi which is high republic Going forward, like Lucasfilm is fully committed on bringing out the past, everything prior to the original, like prior prior to Episode One, which is nice because it fills in like how the Republic is going to get started, how the Sith like acolyte the upcoming show, which is in and and currently filming. Uh, we're seeing, going to see a lot of the origins of the dark side. We're specifically, heck, there's a lot of speculation. We might get maybe references or even like mentions of Darth Revan or Darth Bane. Mm-hmm. Pro- no uh, guarantee we're going to get something with Bane because he created the rule of two. We're going to see something with that. I guarantee. But right. there's a lot of speculation where they're going to bring a lot of ca- legends, um, history back into the canon. 
we already have Darth Revan in canon by name. And Bane. And Bane. Bane, they've straight up shown in Clone Wars, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, Revan. That was, it. It, that was him. That's yeah, true. Yoda uh, names him who as is Darth voiced Bane. by Who is voiced Mark by Mark Hamill, which is great. Uh, he's a Sith and a Jedi. And then uh, Darth Revan was named in the most recent uh, Shadows of the Sith. Is that the newest like book they did? Yes, I believe so. So and he's like he's name dropped in that. So we're gonna probably gonna get to see more past stuff, which I'm perfectly fine with personally. Mm-hmm. So I don't care for the future. Yeah. Show me the past because that's where I want to see the stuff. Old Republic is my era. Give me that stuff. But. I think that's what we have for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Got a little tangent. The at first the end. order. Lots of potential. Mm-hmm. Kind of pitters out at the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. Had a lot of Though, potential. We have not really talked about video games at all this episode, and we normally do. True. I love playing as the jet troopers from the first order squads in Battlefront 2. Okay. They were added with the they were added with the update that added like BB eight and the dark side equivalent. Oh, BB nine. Yeah, BB nine. The ones that were flying around. Yeah. You know, with yeah. Okay. I'm about to replay that. I I, I, I didn't really touch the sequel trilogy too much when I was playing Battlefront. I mainly stuck with Clone Wars. Right. Because Clone they've Wars got, is best. So normally you have like the the jet trooper has its main blaster and then it has a like rocket launcher and that's one of its special abilities but the first order trooper has a like so you know if you're playing as a heavy you can mm-hmm. upgrade your repeating blaster where it has like the explosive rounds yeah it's the red parts it's like they have one of those that they can just shoot Ooh. And so, like, you have, like, this repeating thing where you can, like, hover above people and just rain down <laughs> okay. these shots. That, that's awesome. Okay, I'm going to have to play this now. Crap. Mm-hmm. <sighs> to replay that. But, yes. yeah, and fun fact, the First Order has only shown up in two Star three Star Wars games, technically. Battlefront 2, Lego Star Wars Force Awakens, and Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. That is it. They're not in anything else. They weren't in uh, Battlefront One. Nope. That Battlefront. Oh, yeah. Battlefront One was just the Galactic Civil War. Oh, that's right. And that's why it didn't it did well, but also didn't do well. Right. And then Battlefront Two fixed that because they added, "Hey, here's Clone Wars." It's like <gasps> everybody's buying it. Yeah, Lucas Films, Lucasfilm Games. The people buying Star Wars games want Clone Wars content. Like really, Battlefront Three. saying um, but but i also will say that the um oh what's the salt planet called the hawk the hawk oh, the hawk oh i know you're talking stuff. about um crap i can't think of it on top of my head shoot it's gonna drive me crazy now <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about though right but that map is also one of my favorites where you can That's like fair. go under with the trenches i really like that map if you're above the trenches, it's a complete death trap. Just saying. Yes, don't do that. D- don't do that. Always it's, be it's, under you the, you will die. The <laughs> but uh, I think that's what we have for this episode. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Holocron Histories podcast. And may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHollowHistories and contact us at HolocronHistories at gmail.com. When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! 
featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama, available anywhere you get podcasts.